Today on the pod, we're talking about getting our dosha gases from one place to another. What to do when your environment says one thing, but your dosha needs another. Plus, we're really learning how to use microphones. Bear with us, you guys. Here we are. Hey. Welcome back to Cougars and Coladas. I'm Mel. And I'm Laura. And... This is Cougars and Coladas. We're hanging out. We're hanging out. We're in Laura's new apartment. That doesn't really have any rugs, with the exception of the rooster rug. The welcome mat. I don't know that it needs any rugs. It needs rugs. I mean, obviously, if you want to put a rug down, I'm not going to like throw myself on the ground and... (laughs) And insist that you don't put a rug down, but... Just won't be invited back. <laughs> it looks pretty nice, as is your decor. Getting cozy. Looks We're working good. on it. Yeah, it definitely looks more more homey than my place, I feel like. My place, for some reason, just always feels like I just moved in. Because you don't unpack. That's true. How you just drop your shit at the door and <laughs> leave it there. Yes. Or like whenever you find a space. So That's true. That, that might be why. Live my life perpetually, you know, grabbing things off the floor that or laundry out of the bag that it's still in. Anyway. <laughs> I did. Well, Dave did most of the laundry yesterday, but then he had a headache when I came home. So I did like the folding and bringing it back up. And I put all of the laundry away right when I walked back into the apartment, which never happened. That's really impressive. I'm proud of you. I don't know what came over me, but it happened and it never happens. It also probably helps that I guess the lo- the date the load of laundry that Dave did first was all of my stuff. So he had it already been folded, but he like doesn't tackle my drawers because my drawers look like bomb hits like a bomb hit them. So join the club. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had to. I was putting his clothes away because he was kind of dead on the couch. And I was like, I have to fold these perfectly. <laughs> it was a lot of pressure. I don't know, Friday night joys, I guess. <laughs> no, we were supposed to have like a this date night, and I came Friday home and you're dead. <laughs> happens when you're, how old are we now? 29. It's just doing laundry and trying not to fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I did make it into bed last night. I was real proud of myself. <laughs> I did too. And on time also. I worked from home yesterday and I was on back-to-back calls from 9.30 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon. That's a lot for and a Friday. Yeah. And for some reason, my busiest days are Fridays with work. It's just a lot of internal meetings and a lot of internal phone calls. So sometimes I take them from home, which in, in my mind is like, oh, I'm going to do some stuff. That was a hardcore bus. Is <laughs> <laughs> it my pants? I told you my pants just feel like my legs. I'm like, oh, my bus. You look really in there. <laughs> I'm not judging you. It was just so like casually done. It was perfect. <laughs> Okay. I'm crying. I'm crying. Oh my. <laughs> okay. Well, baby cooks my butt itches, so so I'm scratching it. <laughs> Despite ten years of friendship and living together for several years, Laura is not used to my. <laughs> 
scratching my butt when it itches. Well, it was like a full body, like lean over and like. Well, I'm sitting on the floor. I know, I know. Oh, okay, I'm good. I'm glad you feel better. I feel better. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what was I, I have no idea. Working, working from home? I don't know. Oh, well, your calls. Right. Yeah. Well, the reason I decided to work from home yesterday was because I really did not want to talk to anybody. Just, that failed. I just did not want to be around any people. I decided to work from home because I had just spent the last week out of my apartment. I last Friday, I left for New Jersey to go to my cousin's wedding. Uh, which was very nice. It was down the shore. Um, I had to get in and be one of the young Jewish men on the chairlift because, as my mother says, there's not enough of the young generation (laughs) (laughs) to help lift the bride and groom in the chairs because that requires eight people. And we only had about six. So I jumped in and then... Well, you were... you Even at your sister's wedding, you were like orchestrating that... Oh, yeah. I was definitely orchestrating this whole chairlift. And I was holding Rachel's chair. And that's my cousin. And she was, yeah, and she was terrified. So (laughs) she's holding onto the sides of the chair. And at the wedding, you're supposed to have a napkin between like the husband holds one corner and the wife holds the other corner. Because uh, Orthodox Jews, the way that Jew is over a barrier. So it's only women on one side and it's only men on the other side. Um, so the way that they're holding the napkin is indicative of like the bridge that they're building or something like that. If anybody knows anything about religion, please feel free to email me and correct me. (laughs) So they were supposed to hold the napkin, but Rachel was too scared. She was holding on to the chair so tightly and she just kept saying, I want to come down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done here. And then it was your birthday. My birthday on Monday. So that was nice. I actually didn't really do much on my birthday except for see a tech rehearsal for Cardi B for the American Music Awards. So well, that sounds fun. That's my claim to from now on. Yeah. And I was really impressed with her. Apparently, she had a baby like three months ago. Really? Yeah. And she looks fantastic. So Cardi B, if you are somehow listening to this, great work. <laughs> You look good. Uh, so, so yeah, that was fun. And traveling is is crazy. I do a lot of traveling for work. You have done a lot of traveling for work, and just generally a lot of traveling from DC to here, here to DC. Yes. Prior to the move, that is true. I think that's probably a good segue into into our topic for today, which is traveling for your dosha, staying sane when you're traveling. And when we say traveling, we mean physically traveling, the act of being in transit rather than just being away from home. If you think about it, travel is very vata. So you get on a plane and, you know, when you, at least for me, whenever I travel, my like skin gets super, super dry. Mm -hmm. Like after I land, you know, it takes your digestive system a couple days to like, get back in get back in it um so if you think about travel from an ayurvedic perspective you're basically just like filling up with air you're filling up with a lot of that vata that vata energy and it's a lot of times it's about combating that or bringing the vata back into balance after after the transit for sure i'm pretty bad at 
doing that. <laughs> Travel. Um, yeah. I did get this like face spray. I forgot the name of it, but it's like a hydrating face spray. It has a lot of like nice essential oils and all. After I travel, I'll spray that on my face. Is it, it a rose water really... spray? I feel like I see that a lot. I don't think it's a rose water spray. Rose, by the way, is really good for balancing pitta. Yes. Oh I don't know. What do you have to say about this? All I know is that I'm like a fucking prune after I travel. Yeah, definitely a prune. And what I can really say, especially about traveling on a plane and traveling through time zones is just drink a lot of water, hydrate. You know, a lot of people want to drink on planes, which I've done and have never enjoyed. Yeah. I think it's a good idea in theory, but you feel terrible. You feel absolutely awful because you're already dehydrated because of all the running around traveling. You're I'm sure you're not drinking as much water as you're used to. Plus there's being in a plane with hyper-processed, hyper-circulated air which is drying in general. And then you're going to dehydrate yourself even more by pounding eight vodka sodas on your way to San Diego or wherever. That's not from a personal experience at all. <laughs> it, it just isn't. And then you land and it's like three hours earlier and you're like, ah, where am I? And then you're, you're like hungover at that. Yeah, you're hungover at like four in the afternoon. I agree with you in that traveling itself is really... Vata, it's chaotic. Any transportation hub is going to be a Vata nightmare. Trains are going to be crazy. Planes, airports are the worst for Vata. Everybody's running around all over the place. There's no, there's no grounding. And even if you're driving somewhere, maybe you can speak more to the dosha of driving. I think it's the same. I mean, it can be very stressful I find it really drying anyway and I also after really any sort of travel um I'm like completely exhausted the next day Mm -hmm. and I didn't I think I've started realizing that more so in the last year or so that it takes me a little longer to like recover from traveling even if and I'm a person who if I'm not driving I pass out when I'm in anything that's moving. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm on the train, if I'm on a plane, if I'm on the bus, like I can fall asleep and I can sleep the whole time. Whether If it's like a four or six hour trip, like I will be asleep for at least half of it, if not more. And the next morning I still am like, I feel like I haven't slept in days, but it's like I got more sleep than I usually would. But yeah. I travel sleep, I don't think is actual restful sleep. But even... I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I, maybe because my system's been just on overdrive for a while anyway, I think I'm a little bit more sensitive. Um, cause I'll, you know, I'll drive out to my parents or I'll take the train out and I still kind of feel that dryness factor, mm-hmm. um, like later in the evening and the next morning. I also drink more when I'm there. So maybe that's what yeah. I do with it. <laughs> How's your hunt for a tiny house in the middle of nowhere? I, I'm not sure. I went through this phase a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I'm going to buy a small house or like a cabin in the woods or something. And it hasn't materialized partly because I don't have the money to do so. Perhaps I will in the next couple of years, but I'm thinking that I want a place outside of the city that I can escape to. I think to live in Manhattan, you kind of have to have that. My parents have always said that and I don't, And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Speaking of speaking of places with doshas, I mean, New York is this vata pitta nightmare. And for both of us who are, I mean, you're vata pitta and I'm pitta vata. It's it can be very overwhelming. And even to those people who are kafas and who are living in the middle of the city, it's it's a very draining thing to be here all of the time and to always be on and doing something like I always am because I'm, a, I don't know, I'm a masochist or something. And so I think it is good to, I've been living here for seven-ish years now. So I'm starting to get to the point where I feel like I need a respite, but also, at this point in my life, going to my parents is stressful as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's an important thing to kind of, well, I think there's two things I want to talk about there. One, it's hard to it's hard to escape when you're going to somebody else's like home to mm-hmm. escape. I think it, it is an escape in a sense, but at the same time, it's not, it's not the same thing as having your own place or like a beach house or something. In my mind, I would like to buy a beach house before I buy an actual home because I'd rather just live at the beach than really anywhere else. Yeah. Well, I think it also has to do with the stage of life that you're in. You know, when I moved to the city right after college, I would go to my parents' house as like a little vacation. It would be kind of comforting to be, you know, your mom kind of takes care of you and your dad kind of takes care of you and everybody is, you know, fawning all over you and yay, happy like that you're home. And it's not any different now. Like, right. I was going to say, I'm still in yeah, that thing. exactly. It's exactly the same. But for me, it's, it's frustrating to me. And a lot of times it's more exhausting than than comforting. But I think another thing you talked about that I wanted to go back to was this idea of being in a city and always feeling like you have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely that person. I was actually more like that, I think, when I was in D.C. I I mean, I walk a lot of places here, too. But in D.C., I walked everywhere. And I th- it's I'm about a month out from my last marathon and I haven't been running because I hurt my knee in the middle of the race. Um, and now I'm in physical therapy and hopefully I'll be able to run pain-free in a couple weeks. Ooh. But I'm used to, like, and especially when I was marathon training, like, I would look at, I'd wear my running watch, my Garmin, and I'd have easily 15 miles on my watch every day. Mm-hmm. Easily. And not even like if, if that was a day where I ran five miles or I ran eight miles, like I would still somehow manage to get several more miles kind of right. on the legs. Yeah, just through walking. And then I'd come home at night and I'd cook and I'd eat and I'd kind of crash on the couch. And to me, that was like, okay, like I'm just hanging out. And then on the weekends, I'd want to do the same thing because it would be nice out and I'd want to be walking around. I'd want to be outside. And even though it didn't feel stressful, I think like feeling stress in the mind and feeling stress in the body can be two different things. And I feel like in a city, it's so easy to stress your body out and not, and your mind too, I guess, without even realizing it just based on the nature of it and the pace of the city. Yeah. Um, So one thing that I'm learning to enjoy a little bit more is to like try and sit and read. I mean, over New Year's when I was drunk, I did order myself. <laughs> I did order a needlepoint. 
I tried, like, tried to start it the other night. Oh, you're like my mom. <laughs> well, because I was telling. Leo was really into needlepoint for a little while. I told, I told Dave, he was like, why are you doing this? And I was like, because I need an activity that's going to require me to sit down and, like, not really use my brain. Because I could think of so many things that I want to do. Like, I really want to take French classes again. But then that's something where I have to use my brain. I need. I have a lot of things where I'm using my brain. I need right. outlets that don't require me to be using my brain. But I don't know that that's interesting. point is my calling. So if you have suggestions, let me know. Personally, I tend to take on things that use my brain because otherwise I'm, I, I'm just overthinking all the time about right. everything. That's why I want like I need a creative outlet. I just don't know what that is. Oh, my God. Just make shit up. <laughs> well, I like to cook and bake, but to me that's very – that's still really active. Like I, I think I need things that make me sit. Although I don't have a standing desk anymore. So I am sitting a lot. So maybe that will change. Living and working in the city, you feel like you're always running around and everything is crazy. But at the same time, if you work in an office, you're sitting all day also. It's like, where is the, you know, like, what is, like, what are you doing? I'm struggling with how to phrase this. But I, I don't, because it's hard, because I think you get all of these messages that it's like, sitting is the new smoking and stay active. But for me, I'm the person that's drawn to the stay active piece of it. So mm-hmm. it's almost starts to tie in the notion of like, what I'm doing isn't enough or because I run so much or I usually work out so much, my baseline is so different than other people. But I see when I read those articles, to me, that's a sign of like, keep doing what you're doing and do more. And the Mm -hmm. same thing when I read articles about food and what to eat and, you know, how to eat for health and like all of these things, I look at that and I'm like, okay, well, I need to like start removing these things from my diet and start like eat more of these and because I'm tied, I don't know, I tie myself to the different messages, but even though they are not necessarily catered catered to me because my baseline is so different. Right. That's the, I think that's the danger in taking any kind of article at face value. And that's kind of, I think the reason why we have this podcast is to try and understand or help people to understand that your body is not the same as everybody else's so you might be reading something that tells you to work out seven hours a day and you know never sit down but if you're a vata that's not good for you right you know you need to take that time to rest I say that like I actually do that which I don't because I'm you know but I think it's interesting to look at what it is or what messages you are drawn to And if you look at it based on your dosha, I think a lot of times it goes hand in hand. Like, Mm -hmm. and one thing I'm especially learning a lot about recently or not learning about, but realizing for myself is that you can literally find anything on the internet to justify anything that you were thinking. And I know that, and it's for me, like I've been doing that so much recently. And then I think it just like increases the vata. So it's like, it does. Like increases like. So if you find something that confirms what you sus- like suspect, then you're like, oh, of course. That's exactly what I suspected. <laughs> but then I read this and I'm like, oh, but I like this one better, so I'm going to believe this. 
or what about this one? And it goes crazy. It's an interesting thing to think about. And maybe what you should do is read everything, take a break, and then develop your own theory. That probably is what you should do, critical thinking and all that. But who has that time? (laughs) Because you read, I don't know, like when I read things, people, I don't know if they are experts or if they're just playing one on TV, but they (laughs) are so convincing in the way that they write that it's like, well, of course this is my problem. Of course, like this, this totally makes sense. And then you read something and you're like, this is the complete opposite of what I just read, but this makes so much sense too. And it's, I, it goes back to this notion of like, it's important, I think, to educate yourself and mm-hmm. learn the different theories. But at the end of the day, what works for you might not be what works for somebody else. Right. And it's important and it's hard, I think, to, especially if you're struggling with something, it's hard to accept that because for me, at least I'm like, give me the recipe of what I need to do and I'll do it. But life doesn't necessarily work that way. And I think- I definitely agree with that. Ugh. So what do we do when we have these crazy thoughts or we live in a city and we feel like we always need to be doing stuff? Not that we are leading by example and actually do this, but if I know that's theoret- theoretically keep this in mind, baby Coogs. We speak from a place of not actually knowing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. But I think there's also a difference between knowing what to do or knowing certain things that we could do to help balance the doshas a little bit more mm-hmm. and actually doing them. Because I think in many cases, we do know what to do. We're just not doing them. And that's another thing that is difficult about, you know, it's another basically reason that we have this podcast how do you incorporate those kinds of things how do you incorporate a balance into a 21st century life and we're not the only ones who feel like we are doing things 24 7 and don't have any time to I mean I say all the time I don't have time to cook and in my head I don't have time to cook in real life, could I make time to cook? Yeah, probably. Will I? Mm, doubt, like doubtful. I mean, <laughs> but it also comes down to prioritizing what do, what appeals to you, and what to me, cooking is something that I like to do and I want to do it. Right. But if that's not high on your priority list, that doesn't mean it has to be high on your priority list. It it goes back to looking at okay, what do you want to incorporate right. in your life? What's going to enrich you? What's going to give you that sense of fulfillment? If it's not cooking every night, then fine but what is it that you don't have time for that you want to make time for right it's about building that in I actually to that point I read an article so when I got on the plane to LA the other day I realized that I had not brought a book with me which is for anybody who knows me you know I I always have at least one book in my bag if not multiple did you have your iPad and no I didn't have I had a laptop and I was like, oh my God, I don't have a book. What am I going to do on this flight? And so I picked up this magazine called Entrepreneur because the feature on the front, the biggest headline was how to do everything. And I was like, yes, that's that's what I need. (laughs) So, So I picked up this magazine and I read that feature and it was a bunch of uh, high profile people, but also just in general, really busy people talking about how they managed to do everything and what 
it takes for them to prioritize and think about things and make sure that they're not missing anything. And the first thing I noticed is that pretty much everybody has an assistant, so I don't have that yet, but... (laughs) One day I will have an assistant who makes sure that the credit card I lost three weeks ago actually gets replaced (laughs) and and also that my bills are paid on time and that I get my laundry done, but that's a separate point. But one of the things that I took away was uh, from Randy Zuckerberg, who is, she has her own media consulting company, I believe, and she is Mark Mark Zuckerberg's sister. Um, So she has a lot going on as well. She also has a foundation, I think. And I could be completely confusing her actual occupation with somebody else in that feature because there were like 10 people. But I do know that what she said was that she makes sure that she dedicates every day to one thing. What is the goal that she wants to accomplish on this day? And because she has so many things going on and I can relate, she makes sure that every single day she has broken out in a schedule what it is that she's doing that's going to get her to this goal. You don't have to be the CEO of a company to, you know, make use of this kind of scheduling or this kind of prioritization tactic. You can just be yourself and and think about, okay, every single day, what is it that I want to do? for myself outside of work and then just schedule all of those things. Like today I am going to be focused on cooking and I am going to like meal prep for the full week. So that way I cook one day and I don't have to cook the rest of the week. And I've definitely experimented with meal prepping and things like that before. And it does work. I just don't like cooking. So I don't force myself to do it, but I really should. Well, it's only a should if you want it to be. I want it to be a should in the sense that I need to eat. And I don't always want to buy my meals, which I do far too much of. Should just get you into roasting. I just roast shit. That's all. That's how I cook. Shop it up. Put some olive oil on it. You heard it here first, <laughs> baby cokes. I need to get you a wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if any 1950s housewives are out there looking for occupations, I am searching for somebody to take care of my life. So (laughs) how do you prioritize your life? How do I prioritize? I don't know. I've been on super autopilot for a very long time, which I've said several times. But I think for prioritization, for me, cooking is a priority and some sort of physical activity is a priority. So I think the way that I build that in is for physical activity, I usually like to do that in the morning. Uh, so I'll get up fairly early mm-hmm. to do that. But I feel better and I'm a nicer person if I do that. So it's a priority for me, but also for the people. When you say that you were on autopilot, do you mean that you were just really scheduled and going along with that? No, I mean, I think I just wasn't, I'm not super present. I just have mm-hmm. my, this is what I need to get done. And I just kind of do it without really being aware of what I'm doing when I'm doing it. Right. I guess that makes sense. I do that a lot when I run, but that's kind of what I like about the run because it's unscheduled time. Um, And then other than that, it's just kind of, I don't know, go to work. I am learning how to grocery shop in the city, which is really challenging. It's another thing. I don't know how to do future 1950s housewife who's going to take care of me. I don't know how to grocery shop. I think I'm going to hop on. I need to – I'm usually pretty good at – 
knowing what I want to eat, but lately I haven't really been in the mood for anything, which makes shopping and cooking really challenging. And now it's for when it was just me, it wasn't a big deal because I'd be like, oh, well, this sweet potato looks good for dinner. But now that I'm cooking for somebody else, it's like, shit, I actually have to like <laughs> think about this. It should some somehow be some sort of like a well-balanced meal. And I haven't, I've been really bad at finding, I haven't, I'll go through phases where I'll crave meat like once or twice a week. And then other than that, I really pretty much just want vegetables. But Dave is more of a meat eater. So it's, right. it's even if I'm not like cooking chicken every night, whatever I'm cooking needs to have some sort of protein because he also needs more protein than I do because he's just a bigger person than me. But it's also interesting because our dojos are different. So what's good for me, I think Dave is, I think his dominant dosha is more kapha. Um, and mine is more vata. So I want something that's more grounding. He needs something that's a little bit lighter. I made a lot of soups this past week and that seemed to work fairly well. I mean, it is, tis the season for soups. It's vata season and it's just gotten chilly in New York. And my immersion Gosh. blender is my favorite kitchen tool. So anything that allows me to just like use it is... What I've learned about myself, especially recently, and I think this is, I think this is true for a lot of our generation, these fucking millennials, is that we need to, yeah, (laughs) that we need to feel somehow tied to what we're doing and we need to care because if we don't care, then we don't want to do it. And then it just becomes like a waste of our time. So, but I think other, you know, or, or maybe it's just where we are in our lives. We're not. You know, we don't have kids or anything like that. It's, yeah, that's another the priorities are different. If you have kids, if you have a family, it becomes less about do I care so much about this job and more about making sure this provides for this is giving the, the life that I, I want. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah, we're at the point now where we have a luxury where we don't have that, so we don't need to. You know, this is a time to figure out the, and that's why I'm like, oh, I really should have like a path instead of just blowing in the wind like I always have done. You don't necessarily need a path. I think you need a new challenge. Yeah. But I would like to, I would like to have a path so that I am sort of working towards something because I'm always going to do a whole bunch of different things. Right. But I've realized that I'm at the point in my career now where if I don't have, where if I don't have a path to follow, I'm not going to really advance very far. That's true. You'll find something. And I always hated when people said that to me because I, again, instant gratification. Ugh, I know. (laughs) It all comes together eventually, and I am thankfully finally on the other side of that. I always feel like you kind of have like known what you wanted to do, though. Generally, I think I think when I got my last job, I was like, "Oh my god, what am I going to want to do next?" Because because I'm interested in healthcare and because I'm interested in policy, and I was doing big healthcare policy like with the government under the ACA. I was like, where do you kind of go from here? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, you know, the the environment shifted, a new administration came in and it was like, okay, well, I had a really hard time letting go of that and 
saying like, okay, well, what would I want to do next? But I think through that process, I realized I that I'm a mission-driven person and I need to work on something that I care about. And I don't know, after talking with people, I, I, I've said this for a while that I think after I left government, because I knew I didn't want to be in the government forever, um, but I would want to work for a foundation because you are it's a little bit closer to the ground than working for the federal government. You are working towards something and you feel you're closer to the doing good, or at least what I, what doing good means to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, so it's nice to be like, Oh, well I said that a couple of years ago and now I'm doing that. Like good for me. Good for me. <laughs> good for me. Um, but after, I mean, I haven't now I think I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, well, I would like to have kids in a couple years. Like, is this going to allow me to have the life that I would want with kids? Like, that's mm-hmm. more when I took this job. I like, those are more things that I was thinking about. But it's right. those questions and also the questions of where would I want to go from here? And I've only been there for two weeks, so I don't know. I don't think – I think if I knew the answer to that right now, it would be a problem. <laughs> so, so I'm not there yet. But I've also – I don't know. I think I've always wanted – I think what I've known is kind of the umbrella industry that I wanted wanted to be in and how I wanted to feel when I was doing my work. That's good. So if that's a direction, that's what I've known. That's a direction for sure. I mean, but we can't all be Amy, my sister, who knew basically from the age of 10 that she was going to do something that involved math and then knew at 18 when she got to college that she was going to be an accountant like we're not all like that so but I feel like that's very on par with the accounting type for sure and Amy uh my sister is tridoshic so she has elements of all three doshas vata pitta and kapha in in different areas of her life and the accounting is definitely a vata a vata thing where she is very organized and she's very put together and she's also very driven. So she's very pitta and she knows exactly what she wants to do. She's on the path. She's working hard towards it. And then at the same time, she's also very kind of sweet and low key. And like her personality is like people like her. So she's very successful, you know, not to mention the fact that she's super smart and really good at her job. And I think all of those have really combined to keep her on that path. This was like a few years ago when I was like trying to figure out like every couple of years, by every couple of years, I mean, once a year, I go through this like life crisis where I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? What's the meaning of my life? I have that on like the daily. Just Just go through this existential crisis. And it's usually when I'm thinking about quitting a job and, you know, moving to some cabin in the woods that I don't have yet. And and my dad once told me that he was not concerned about me because I would, you know, explore different things and find my way. But he was a little concerned that Amy one day would wake up and realize that she's an accountant. And that's, <laughs> that's you know, not going to be cool by her. But and for a couple of years, I, I kind of agreed with him. I was like, yeah, well, I mean, she's always done the one thing. So there is an element of what else is out there 
but Amy is not that person. Like she's cool in like she's really interested by the things that she's doing. She has ambitions within that space and she has interests outside of the space, but I don't think she needs to like have a midlife crisis and quit her job in accounting and move to France and write a novel. Like I don't see her doing that. But she does have a crafting blog. She does have a crafting blog. Meowgical Crafts. <laughs> I love it. Coming up with Amy's blog name was, that was an adventure. It was an adventure that everybody in the world went on. Yeah. Like, there was a, there, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen and we yeah. all had a lot of opinions. <laughs> and Amy handled it like a, cha- a champ. And picked her own name. <laughs> She's like, fuck all you. Thank you for your input. Meowgical kittens. Yeah. Meowgical Crafts. Um, check it out. Meowgicalcrafts.com. If there are any crafts up there yet, which there may or may not be, we'll see. But check it out. Yeah, we're staying closely aligned with her because because of aforementioned tridoshic nature, Amy is definitely going to be super successful in this blog. <laughs> and she's probably going to have a million followers. So we're looking for crossover opportunities. <laughs> it's time for our our lovely closing segment, what's in your colada this week? Laura. Ooh, what's in my colada this week? Um, so I just got the Eat Feel Fresh cookbook. It's an Ayurveda cookbook by Sahara Rose. She also wrote The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, which if you're super confused and more curious about what the fuck Mel and I are talking about, I highly recommend it. It's a really easy read. Um, so she just came out with this cookbook, and I've been making different things from it. And... Two of the things that I really liked that I made out of it this week was one, it was a Vata smoothie bowl, Mm. which sounds kind of counterintuitive because smoothies are cold and super bad for Vatas, but it's with a baked sweet potato. So it's not cold at all. It's like a baked sweet potato, almond butter, some almond milk, a little sweetener if you want it, um, and fresh grated ginger and maybe some cinnamon. And I just put it in my mini food processor and made it into a little smoothie-like consistency. And I've been having it for breakfast, and it has been super grounding and delightful. That is awesome. And just a little endorsement before we get into the second part of your colada is I just picked up this book because because Laura told me about it, and I literally physically picked it up, not I went – to buy it because you know I don't have cookbooks but even though because I even though I'm not a cookbook person it looks very interesting there's a lot of information in there about the doshas and everything too it's really well written and it's like super it's fun and very colorful so highly yeah, yeah the photos are great I know she did do the shoot um in India second part of my colada is the golden milk recipe that she has in there um my coffee well when I bought this coffee at fairway and it was a little too dark for me so I was having like a coffee situation in the morning um but it was also like hurting my stomach so I made the golden milk um and that was really great in the morning it was it's like turmeric and coconut oil and whatever non-dairy milk and cinnamon and ginger and it's just big fan warming it was delicious yeah all those spices are really good for for vata balancing cinnamon and nutmeg and all of that Turmeric. Turmeric is actually a good tridoshic spice, balancing for all three doshas. But you need to have it with black pepper for your body to absorb it. Really? I didn't know that. I sometimes do like a turmeric skin mask. Like I just mix it with um, like aloe gel 
except it turns your skin yellow, so it takes a lot of work to take it off. Yeah, I have the <laughs> cocoa kind, um, like turmeric stick, and it's great, and I'll use it on my body, but I've definitely stained things as a result yeah. of it. Um, but anyway, what's in your colada now? In my colada this week, well, I've been doing a lot of traveling and the aforementioned vata imbalance that comes along with that. And so this week, what I have been doing, not when I was traveling, but right after, I've been putting a lot of ghee in my coffee, which is so wonderful. And ghee, if you don't know, is clarified butter. It is wonderful smelling. It smells like butter cookies. And that's what I really enjoy about putting it in my coffee. It's a a nice oil-based thing, so it's a little bit grounding. Um, It's a little bit sweet. It smells really nice, and it's just kind of warm and comforting. And that's how I've been drinking my coffee the last couple of days, which I have really, have really enjoyed. And then the second thing that is in my colada is going to be ASMR. Yeah, fuck is that? If you don't know what ASMR is, I'm going to do my best to approximate a, a definition of it. ASMR is an acronym for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, which is not descriptive at all. But I just Googled it and um, that's what it stands for. But it's an experience, actually. It's this kind of reaction um, in your brain that causes a skin reaction that's kind of tingly. It's sort of like a like a happiness thing. It's sort of like a tingly thing, like an excitement thing. There are different kind of triggers that are auditory but also visual. So kind of like a if people are whispering or if somebody is like, you know, making patterns with their hands so if you look on youtube and just google asmr there's like a whole world out there of asmr videos oh you did tell me about this yeah i think i told you about it a a little while ago because i had just discovered it if you're having trouble falling asleep it's nice to put it on as kind of like a white noise situation it's four letters asmr just google it check it out don't take my word for any of it. Just see for yourself. Cool. On that note, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Don't tweet at us. Don't tweet at us. Find us on Instagram. Don't tweet at us. Find us on Instagram or email us. Cougarsandcolados.com. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at Cougars and Coladas, or visit our website, www.cougarsandcoladas.com. If you're liking the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks.